The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Toughness. The ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape. Resilience. This is the Black Resilience Podcast, where we have real talk about real issues in order to get to real solutions. Get ready for raw and bold conversations about everything that impacts the lives of black people in America. Black people in America. America. Everybody no more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war and poverty. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Black Resilience Podcast, where we have real talk about real issues in order to get to real solutions. This is Edith, the creator and host of the show. And today's show is a 2020 recap episode. That's right. We're going to be giving you a recap, a snippet of some of the best interviews we've had since we aired the show and specifically on our two series that we did. The first series was on the impact COVID-19 has had on black Americans. The other series was the power of the black vote in America. We had some awesome people on the show to speak about these two topics. We had people like Mark Moriel, who is the president and CEO of the National Urban League. We also had Gerald Griggs, who is the, a civil rights attorney in Atlanta, Georgia, and is also known as the Justice Fighter. We also spoke with Dr. Trevin Logan, who is one of the top black economists in the country. He spoke about the economic devastation that COVID-19 has had on black Americans. We also spoke with Duke Williams, who is a wealth management advisor. And Duke kind of takes it from another angle. He talks about how you could better prepare yourself for such a financial or economic crisis like the pandemic. Although it was a health crisis, it has impacted everyone financially as well. So he speaks about that. So it was just a great uh, opportunity for myself and my co-host, Randy, to really interview such awesome people. And I just hope you will enjoy this 2020 recap and then take the time to go back to our podcast platforms and listen to the full episodes. We're on all the social media platforms, Google, we're on Spotify, We're on Apple, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're everywhere. So just please subscribe and follow and just enjoy the show. And again, remember to always stay healthy, stay strong, and stay resilient. Until next time, take care. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. Welcome to the show, Mark Moriel. Welcome, sir. Hey, Edith. Hey, Randy. Good morning. I'm just so honored to be with you. And Edith, it's so great uh, to hear your voice and to reconnect after many years and to learn you're doing well. And Randy, to the two of you all, congratulations on on the success of your podcast and for really digging into a very timely and crucial subject. Well, speaking about, um, you know, change and transforming why don't you just give us your perspective on the power of the black vote? When you when you hear that, what comes to mind, Mark? 
what comes to mind is the ability to affect those policies that affect our lives. Wow. You know, at the local level, it's what playground get built and renovated and, and, and basically have dollars for programs, right? Uh, what uh, uh, streets get paid? Mm-hmm. Uh, where will quality housing be built? At the national level, what will be the system of voting rights? What will criminal justice reform look like? Will we have a, a law to protect against police misconduct and brutality? Right. The people we elect write these rules. And sometimes we need to help uh, always for people to understand that we're not electing celebrities. I love Just kind of go make speeches. We're electing people who have a job to change rules and change laws and appropriate money that affects the very thing in our lives. And sometimes it's been an effort to keep us in the dark, keep us uninformed, keep us uneducated. So a handful of people, an oligarch, can hold power. Well stated. What is the one thing that you want to say to our listeners out there who are very apathetic about voting and to get them to the polls? I want to, yeah, I want to say to them, don't waste your power. Don't waste your power to make a difference. But also, don't get confused. You're voting for someone. You're not choosing a Valentine's Day date. Right. You're not electing <laughs> anyone for life. Right. You're not choosing who you're going to spend time with, the way you're going to work. You want to vote for someone who's best aligned. I use the term best aligned with Mm -hmm. the things that you believe in. Not completely aligned. You're not going to find anybody completely. I'm I'm not finding anybody completely aligned with me. But best aligned. And to recognize that that power if you don't use that power, somebody else is going to take it and use it against you. That's right. That's right. That's so right. So we, we need to be, you know, let me tell you something. You can't say I'm woke. Woke people don't stay home on election day. Say that again, Mark. Woke people vote. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk. Real issues. Real solutions. You welcome to Black Resilience welcome, Podcast, welcome. Gerald. Welcome, Gerald. Well, I'm just honored to be with you guys, and uh, you know, I don't know who you were talking about in that bio, but I'm just a <laughs> servant, and hopefully, you know, doing good for the community, but particularly the Black community. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Is, we appreciate we appreciate yeah. all your work. You're you're a soldier for justice. I appreciate that. Okay, so Gerald, um, before we get started, we always we've been asking a general question, and the question we first question we always ask is. When you hear the term the power of the black vote, what does that mean to you? I think of the legacy of struggle for black people in this country for 401 years uh, to get economic power, to get uh, social justice, to get civil rights. And the power is rooted in the ability to vote. So Mm -hmm. I think of um, the change that we've seen over the last 401 years, but the change we have to continue to be a part of. Uh, so it's more it's more important than it's ever been today, and they're trying to roll back rights. Okay, wow. so you know we we could we could we could spend a lot of time looking backwards in terms mm-hmm. of some of the things that you've done, but right now we're kind of like at a crossroads in this country, particularly as it comes to mm-hmm. black engagement 
and, and apathy and stuff. So what are the things that you are doing or you suggest that we should be doing now that, that will go beyond this election? Because this election is just an event. Because, the, as you said, the, the power of the black vote has been a 400-year journey. Yeah, I think that people need to understand that we're still on a continuum of that journey. Right. And though we have right. not uh, gotten to the promised land, as Dr. King said, he saw when he went to the mountaintop, he looked over. The only way we're going to get there is together and to understand uh, that we are the champions and the soldiers and, and, and the warriors that we've been waiting on. Um, so I just think that black people need to focus for once. They need to focus on the goal. If the goal is economic empowerment, if the goal is educational empowerment, if the goal is the liberation of our people, we can take it after this election by holding every single person that we elect accountable starting day one of the new administration. Liberty speaking, black people are looking for real change in their everyday lives. So with all due respect, I don't vote based on what an athlete or entertainer tells me to vote. I vote on based on the platform. And I think that both candidates have whiffed on a platform that speaks directly to black people. You know, a lot of black people are tired of being lumped in with minority or person of color. You know, we are talking about tangible results for the African-American community. And if nobody's going to speak to that, you're going to get apathy. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. All right, well, let's just get right into it, uh, Song. You're um, you aware that, you know, the topic for this today's show, um, and this is a three-part series, we're talking about the power of the black vote in America. And we want our listeners to really know and, and understand that the right to vote in this country for black people did not come easy. But we also want them to know that our right to vote is very powerful. So talk to us a little bit about when you think about the power of the black vote, what does that mean to you? And why is it so important for black people to understand that when we vote, we don't just focus on a national election. The local elections are just as important. So just share with our listeners, what's your perspective around that? Yeah, that's a great question because the power of the black vote, to me, when I hear that, I think of a few different things and I interpret it a few different ways, quite honestly. So there's the piece where we are a powerful group of people and we have got to recognize our power and use it. And we talk oftentimes about leveraging our economic power and we we need to be leveraging our voting power as well. We are one, we really are the most predictable voting block that there is. Wow. Um, and we are the group that really you know, wins races oftentimes. I think about Doug Jones' race in Alabama going back a couple of years ago, and it was really, um, in that case, it was really Black women who won him that seat. Mm -hmm. I think about President Obama also. We had, in 2012, there was a record high turnout of Black voters. 67% of the voters um, 
were black yep. in that election. That's right. And then it fell in 2016 to 60%. And, and if you've got any question at all that we are powerful and that um, there are people that would like to quiet our voice. If you think of your vo vote is your voice, if you've got any doubt that people want to quiet our voice, then 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 listen to this statistic and think about this. Um, weeks before the 2018 election here in Georgia, in which of course Stacey Abrams was on the ballot to um, try to become the first his, uh, black female governor, um, Georgia withheld 53,000 voter registrations under the exact match law. 70% of those registrations were from black people. Right. And we are here in Georgia. Uh, black folks in Georgia only represent 32% of the population. So there was an over-index on the number of people whose registra registrations were thrown out. Um, other people recognize how powerful we are when we can work together and work towards an end together. And even earlier this year, you know, quite honestly, with the with um, Vice President Biden's campaign, it was when he got to South Carolina right. and black folks really lined up behind him that that wave turned the corner for him. That's right. So our opinion matters and our votes matter. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. Um, we know this, you know, this this virus has decimated the U.S. economy and it's even worse for our black people. So we really want you to share with us, you know, the overall economic situation. Um, how bad is it, Doc? Please let us know and, you know, what we need to do to come out on the other side of this as it relates to our finances. Um, so I am just looking forward to hearing what you have to say. So, Doc, you know, let's keep it real. Um, what is happening right now as it relates to black folks with this pandemic? So a couple of things are, are happening. I think first we can think about let's just look at the really broad picture of the American economy, and I focus on the labor market because the first thing we need to recognize is black people are not as active in wealth markets as we are, say, in the labor market, income market. Gotcha. What I mean by that is we have much less wealth than white. And after the last recession, in fact, the wealth gap between blacks and whites got even larger. So people paying attention to what the stock market is doing and some other uh, proxies that people want to use about the economy have, to a first approximation, nothing to do with black people. Gotcha. Wow. So let's talk about the things that do have something to do with black people. And that, that's a first approximation. So there are black people active in the market for retirement in there, but we cannot talk about that when we look at black wealth relative to white wealth, of that being anything of a cushion for us in this sort of economic catastrophe that we're in. So this economic catastrophe that we're in is dangerous in a number of different dimensions. Mm -hmm. First, we have tens of millions of people unemployed, unprecedented numbers of people out of work. 
numbers approaching things we have not seen since the Great Depression. So we have a problem in the labor market. And because of the lack of wealth, we don't have, as black people, as much of a cushion right. as other groups. So when at the end of July, the unemployment insurance benefit extension ended, the $600 a week that everyone has been talking about, it certainly set black people back further because we're more likely to be in low-wage occupations where this $600 was very beneficial. And now taking it away has moved us over the cliff Right. Uh, for those who are negatively affected. Right. The second thing to recognize is what's coming around the corner is also going to disproportionately impact Black people. And what's that? You'll note that in the discussion we've been having about uh, congressional and federal help for the coronavirus in this new package that they're still talking about now, there's been resistance to aid to state and local governments, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know black people are overrepresented in government employment generally and in state and local government employment. Right. Without help to balance the budget of state and local government, we're going to see layoffs in state and local employees. Those will be disproportionately black people. So that means- There's also going to come another round of layoffs in airlines, a round of layoffs in some of these other businesses that have been trying to hold it together, but now we're six months in. Wow. And we're going to see another round of layoffs starting towards the end of September. And I believe continuing on after that point. Mm. Mm. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk, real issues, real solutions. Very impressive, Duke. Well, earlier um, in the show, we were, Randy and I was talking about this being uh, part four of our four-part series on the impact COVID-19 has had on Black Americans. And we save this particular topic for the last, you know, understanding the importance of financial planning during a pandemic. So based on what we've heard about your background, we know we are speaking to the right person to give us the knowledge that we need. And, you know, this podcast, really our focus is on Black people. So we need to understand what we need to do, you know, especially if you're operating with very little money to survive this pandemic financially. And if there's some resources to prepare for how you are going to manage this type of crisis, then, you know, give us that knowledge as well. But we want you to give us the real Duke, because that's what our listeners need to hear. That's right, Duke. I mean, right now we've up until this point, we've, we've talked about how the pandemic has impacted us as, right. as far as black people. Now we're looking for you to be our Moses, uh, find us our North Star to get us out the wilderness. Yeah, okay. absolutely. With some solutions. So let's kind of get started right now. So Duke, what we've noticed is basically there's several types of individuals out there. I'm going to put them in two big buckets. You got one group of individuals that are about wealth management. And then you got other individuals that probably 99% of us in the day-to-day check-to-check living people. 
Um, sure. How, what are some things that people can do who are living from a check to check moment right. to manage this pandemic right now? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, and it really all begins with planning. Um, so where I live, based out of New Orleans and Baton Rouge, you know, it's hurricane season for us. And so right. a lot of times people, we're familiar with just planning and getting ready for hurricane season. And the worst time to prepare for hurricane season or hurricane is when a hurricane is at your back door. Right. And so what I typically try to think about is what helps, well, what prevents people from actually building um, their wealth, right? And it's usually kind of a couple of things. It's one, bad decisions. And the other thing is a lack of planning. And so when the best thing to do is really develop a plan when things are calm and not mm-hmm. really wait. And we all know that COVID's impacted people of color disproportionately. You know, when we look at the Pew Research Service that are out there, it's just pretty, pretty, evident, pretty evident. So there's really, you know, kind of three types of plans I really try to recommend people do. And one has to do with debt, you know, paying down your debt. The second is, you know, having a savings for events or emergencies. Don't wait to the last minute. Right. To, you know, to where, you know, you're in a situation where now you're having to scramble and go to payday lending, have a plan in place to actually save for emergencies. And one of the things that the Pew Research Survey actually indicated was that 70, something like 70% of African Americans don't have reserve saved up, right? And so that, that's, right. that's really a big, I would say, foundation to begin from is work on, you know, having that, having that built up. And then you can start looking at, Longer term things like, you know, building building up your college reserves, um, saving for retirement, weddings, even starting a business. And then lastly, you know, looking at longer term of preserving your legacy. You know, what is your financial legacy going to look like when you're not here? So having an estate plan, writing a trust and reducing, you know, your, you know, ways of reducing your taxable estate exposure. So really the first aspect has to do with, you know, looking at, um, what can I do to manage my debt on a kind of a lower level of, you know, do I need this or do I want it? And then having a plan in place to really address paying down that debt first and then having a plan in place to address longer term needs like saving for emergencies and even saving for things like retirement. You've been listening to the Black Resilience Podcast. Real talk. Real issues. Real solutions. Until next time. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay, stay, strong, stay strong. Stay resilient. Stay resilient. 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 Wake up. Everybody. We Come made on, it. No more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking. Time to think in the head. Wake up. All your teachers start to teach a new way. The ones that suffer better every day. Teach the children, teach the baby, teach the baby.